0: In a unique series, The Last Churches in the book of Revelation, there's seven of them. It's the last book in your Bible. It's the least understood book in the Bible, perhaps, the least read book in the Bible, and it's the last book in the Bible. I mean, who just quits at the end? I read the book, but got to the last chapter and thought, I can't read that. So we don't believe that. We don't want to do that. If it's hard, we talk about it, and if we don't know it, we say we don't know, okay? And we'll make our way through it. In a series called The Last Days Church, these are seven churches that Jesus told John, this is the resurrected Christ, appears in the book of Revelation, chapter 1. He speaks to John the Apostle on the island of Patmos. John had been exiled there for his faith to die like a dog. He was in the Spirit, the Bible says, on the Lord's day, and Jesus, the resurrected Savior, appeared to John. Now, John was hurting. He was an exile. He was going to die, perish on that island for his faith in Christ. And Jesus showed up. Remember that. (laughs) Amen. Say, when you think it's curtains, hey, Jesus is going to show up. And Jesus can help you. Amen. That's what happened here. And he, he gave him this information that we see in the book of Revelation. It was a revelation. It was a revealing of things to come given to John. John wrote it down. And there were seven churches in particular that he spoke to. It doesn't cover the whole Bible, the whole book of Revelation. It covers a small portion, but it's very important. I think these churches are real churches for sure, no doubt about that. But they're also prophetic in nature. So are we living in the last days? I'm not sure. It feels like it. I know for sure it's my last days. I know that. Amen. Over the next how many years God gives me. And he's going to call me home. I know that, okay? But, but, what about last days according to the Word of God? And what can we learn from these churches? Because I believe they're prophetic in nature. So we're going to look at one more today. The last churches, the last days church, seven churches of the book of Revelation. Today, can you say that out loud with me? The what church? The suffering church. Will there be suffering in the church in the last days? There will be suffering in the church, in the last days. And I don't know what I'm going to say. I got my notes, and I'm just going to keep rolling. Amen. No, no two messages I give are ever alike. So I'm going to just let Roger keep clicking, and we'll just see what comes up. Today is the church at, can you say it with me, Smyrna. Smyrna. You might be like me from the country. and You ain't never heard of no Smyrna. But anyway, unless she was some, some we would name our kids that, Smyrna. Come on, Smyrna. Who knows? But anyway, but I, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. But anyway. But uh, but Smyrna, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to learn. And today when you leave, you're going to know something about some Smyrna. Amen? So here we go. The Suffering Church, the church at Smyrna. Now, some info on this church. We're going to start out with a little bit of history. Not going to be forever. Going to get in the Bible. But let's look at some history. Now, these are the seven churches that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. Now, if you've been with me in this series, we covered that Laodicea, didn't we? What kind of church is that? The blank church. Judging church. It's the judging church. In the last days, the church will be a church that judges. It's going to be a church that people ain't going to want to go to. You understand? We learned from that church, their emphasis was on money way back in the day. And so many people don't want to come to church today because it's about the what? Money. we don't want to be that church. We don't want to be the church at Laodicea. They thought they were good. They thought it was all great. Look at us. And Jesus said, you make me sick, and I will spew you out of my mouth. Got it? Then we looked at the church at Philadelphia. That was the what kind of church? The, the loving church in the last days. There will be a, the church that loves. That's the church I want to be. I want to be that one right there. Criticize me if you want to. Oh, you don't do this and you don't do that. If we love, I don't care what you say. You hear me or not? We want to be a church that loves people. Loves a snot out of people. We want to love the Lord with all our heart. Love the Lord with all our soul. Love the Lord with all our mind, our might, our strength. But we want to love our neighbor. We want to love our town. We want to love people. What, just Christian people? No. We want to love all people. You hear me or not? But do we want to? does that mean we're going to change the Bible? No, because we're going to love Him first. You don't love the Lord by saying, well, this don't mean that in the Bible. That's not a loving church when you, when you don't tell people the truth of God's Word. You all hear me or not? So we want to be that church, the, the church at Philadelphia. We haven't looked at Sardis, Thyatira, or Pergamos. We did two weeks ago look at the church at Ephesus. See if you know that one. It's the blank church. The what? The fallen church. They left their what? They left their first love, which was Jesus. We learned how to fall out of love in that message. But here's the cool thing. When you do the opposite, you fall in love. Amen? And you stay in love. So this was a great church, but they made a great mistake. They fell out of love with Jesus Christ. Do we want to do that at our church? Yes or no? No. So this is pretty good for me, ain't it? Let's look at the one today. There she is. Smyrna. Pretty good location. She's on the seaport of the Aegean Sea. Like us. We're right here, man. We're on the water. Who doesn't like the water, man? Kidding me? Water everywhere. I love living in a town where there's water. I mean, it can be the ocean. Don't want to be the ocean. It can be the little bridges we got. Amen. Because the birds like that. And I like the birds. And I like that. And some breeze can come through sometimes, those little waterways. But it's pretty. Pretty, man. I love it. The city of Smyrna was a bustling seaport. Push me, buddy. Push me. It was known for its beauty. So the city was beautiful. Of course. Wealthy and very, very successful, had much achievement, the city of Smyrna. You might say, Clark, you're boring me to tears. You'll be fine. Hang in there. It was a center of prosperity. You need to know this. Why? Because I said so. You'll be fine. It was a place of intellect. A lot of smart people. You ever heard of Homer, who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey? Well, he was from there. And a lot of other great minds back in the day made Smyrna their home. A place of art and religion and even great athletics. You know this is where we get our Olympics from. All this. So this was a crazy, awesome place. Smyrna. Say this with me out loud. It was called the what? The Ornament of... How many feel like you in school again? You just hate to have a second of this. I don't like him and I don't like it. But you're captive because we're going to watch you walk out if you leave. Anyway, don't do that on me. (laughs) Come on, hang in here with me. Come on. So, wait a minute, though. Throughout history, the city of Smyrna did what? Uh Uh-oh, there's our word. Suffered. They suffered hardships, wars. Who do not want to? If you're going to fight a war, we may as well get a pretty place. Amen, say. If we're going to go take something, let's take the pretty place. Okay? And that's what happened. And also, this place has been ravaged by earthquakes over the years, over the centuries. So, Smyrna. But here's the funny thing about this place. As you read the history of Smyrna, it seemed to always rebuild. It always seemed to rebound. reminds me of us right here and our whole coast when we were hit by Ian. Let's thank the Lord again for how far we've come. Come on, we've come a long way, baby. Come on. Robert, the water was so bad in this building, it was eight rows high in water, this building. That was less than a year ago. My family rode out the hurricane in here. And a big uh, section of the roof opened up in this far corner, and it flowed in, out there, and it flowed in here. Came down that, those stairs over there like it was a waterfall. And then after it was all done, I could jump and, and do a cannonball off the stage. We've come a long way, baby, ain't we? Come on, one more time. Let's thank the Lord. Look at us. Are we fine? We made it. Come on. Amen. So they did that. They would rebuild. But now let's let's get down to the let's get down to what I want to talk about. Okay, I understand about the city and all that. But what about the church? What about the church at Smyrna? The early church at Smyrna. What does Jesus say to them? Let's talk about. It. Let's go right now to the Bible. What did Jesus say to this church? And what were they like? And why did you call them the suffering church? Well, let's see what Jesus said. Jesus speaking to John. He says, unto the angel or messenger or even could be translated pastor. Unto the angel of the church at Smyrna, Jesus told John, write, write. These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Who do you think that's talking about? That's right. That's how he starts his letter. If you ever get a letter from Jesus and he starts it like that, you're in good shape. Okay? I know your works. He's telling this church in a letter. And your tribulation and your what? Poverty. But say that with me. But thou art rich you listen to some churches today and if you don't have money they'll deem you as not right with god you're not receiving the blessing you hear me or not we, we should read the bible we do a lot better and quit being so cuckoo with some kind of prosperity gospel that's not the word of god Jesus died so you wouldn't go and burn in hell. He didn't die so you could have a fat bank account. You want a fat bank account? Get out there and work for it. Okay? But don't bring that kind of ideology into the church. Rich people aren't better than poor people. Did you hear me, yes or no? Some of the greatest people I've ever met are poor people. (laughs) Kidding me? Come on. And guess what? When our country was founded, some folks had some money. Most folks didn't have no money. But even our heritage, when we look back over our life, it was people that didn't have much at work, their stinking tail off, and we have today because of people that aren't even here anymore. And now we don't have those kind of people, and our country's going down to, down to tubes. You hear me or not say, work's great. I love work, and I love being able to work and make some money. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But don't think you're more spiritual than somebody because you have money and they don't. Are we clear on that? Because it says right here, I know your works, I know your tribulation, and I know your poverty. But said, "But you are what? You're rich. And who said this? Jesus. Don't really give a hoot what somebody else says. You hear me? It's important. I know the blasphemy of them which say they're Jews and are not and are of the synagogue of Satan. We're going to get into this. Fear none of those things which you will, what's our word? Suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. You shall have tribulation ten days. That word ten days means, I believe, for a little while, a short period of time. Why? Because death's coming. Be thou faithful unto death. He's writing this to this suffering church. And I will give you a what? A crown of life. Now he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Amen? What? what? That's, some, that's some scripture, ain't it? Y'all ready or not? Y'all ready to open it up? Look or not? Or is it just me This excited? Here we go. Here we go. If you'd have told me as a hell-raising teenager that I'd stand in front of people for many, many years of my life now and get excited about God's Word, I'd say you're a lunatic. But God saved me. He changed me. He became my Father. And uh, He's always been good to me. Okay? My life has been a life at times of great suffering. But I've had the best life. Wouldn't you want to know how to have the best life even when they're suffering? Say. Or do you want to be that person that goes around whining all the time? And you become great at telling everybody how your life sucks all the time. Wouldn't you like to have some victory in your life? Yes or no? Then why don't we learn from the Lord today? Let's learn from this old church. Let's see what we learned so far. Well, the only place you'll find this church mentioned in the Bible is by Jesus. Right here in the book of Revelation. That should give all of us some hope. That he knows my name. He knows my name. He calls my name out. He knows I exist. Only time this church was ever mentioned in the Bible is right here. This little letter out of seven letters. This little hurting, suffering church. It was the shortest of the seven letters that Jesus gave. Okay? It's only four verses. How long is this? How long? How many? I got it. There we go. It was how many words? Ninety. Okay. Hmm. Well, it's got my attention, I'll tell you that. Smyrna was the only church, other than the church at Philadelphia, the loving church, that did not receive a condemnation in their letter from the Lord. There were seven letters to churches. Five had condemnations from Jesus. Didn't mean they were all horrible, but he had some mad stuff to say to five out of the seven. He didn't have anything bad to say about the loving church. That should be a clue to us. You think we should love or hate? See what I'm saying? (laughs) You You think we should judge people or love them? See what I'm saying? That's according to Jesus. And this was the only other church, the church that suffered did not receive a condemnation from the Lord. I think that's pretty important. We need to look at it. Hmm. Death is mentioned three times in four verses. Death is mentioned three times in four verses. If somebody talks to you and all they say is 90 words, and they said death three times in 90 words, you might want to find another friend. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) So he mentions death three out of four times. So death is a big theme of this little book. Smyrna. What about that word Smyrna? As one of the words I like to say Smyrna. You know what I mean? It's a fun word Smyrna. It's the Greek word for myrrh Smyrna. It's a sap-like substance. Myrrh. It's extracted from tree bark. When it's crushed, it releases a sweet fragrance. That's a clue. That's a clue. Myrrh was used to make perfume and oils. But this is what it's really become known for. In antiquity, it was often used in burial preparations. How many know your Christmas story? They presented him gifts of what? Gold, frankincense, and get ready. Hmm. Great scholars of the Bible, prophecy students, Old Testament, New Testament, they'll tell you that myrrh was presented to little baby Jesus. Because he was going to die for the sins of the world, it was given as a gift. Who'd want to? That's like you know having a newborn and somebody gives you a you know a cremation policy for the kid or something. Doesn't make any sense. But it makes sense now that we know how the story unfolded. He died for the sins of the world. Amen. And was it sweet? Yes or no? Was his death sweet for us? Absolutely. Amen. Let's keep going. I'm getting into some weeds. Here we go. So anyway, let's talk about these scriptures real quick. Suffering. Suffering. I personally have suffered. And it's like, you shouldn't say that to people. I mean, I almost when I say it, like, oh, oh I'm bragging. I'm, I've suffered. Well, I have suffered. I have suffered. 30 years ago this year, my mother was murdered at the hands of my stepdad. That's immense suffering in my heart. I love my mother more than anything. And uh, the night before Thanksgiving, she was gunned down. But I want you to know something. You don't hear me say it often. I'm the son of a martyr. I'm the son of a martyr. My mother would have lived many more years if she would have turned her back on Jesus Christ, if she would have not lived for the Lord, if she would have gone back to her old ways. But she was not going to do that. She was a gracious woman and a good woman. But she was murdered for her faith. And so this relates to me. I've suffered. I've suffered in life. And uh, what does that mean? That just means that I go through hard times too. Y'all hear me or not say. It doesn't have to be the murder of your loved one, but it can be hard times. It can be, it can be a marriage or somebody you love them and they walked out of your life. How's that feel? Yes or no? Say. Does that feel good or not? It hurts. Okay? You can have your kids have the loss. I've got several in this audience this morning. There may be some here today that, you know, you lost a child. You lost a son or a daughter and your heart breaks still. Yes or no? Amen. You've lost a loved one and your heart breaks. So, suffering, suffering. And that's what this church was about. They were about a lot of suffering. Jesus comforts this church. It was a suffering church. Unto the angel or the messenger of the church in Smyrna, these things says, the first and the last which was dead and is alive. So, what's the first thing he tells this suffering church? You're going to see why they suffer a little bit later. What's the first thing he tells them? He draws their attention, say it with me, to his what? I want you to say it again. He draws their attention to his what? we'd be a whole lot better off when we suffer if we would focus more on the resurrection of Christ. If you've lost a loved one, like in the case of my mom, well, when I focus on the resurrection, I know she's right now in His presence. Because of His resurrection, she's with the Lord. That is amazing help to my suffering. Yes or no? Amen. You've lost a husband. You've lost a wife. To death. To know that he's the resurrection and the life. Had a sweet dear lady come up to me this morning after the first service. And her body's been riddled with cancer. And she's been fighting it. And she's trying to, you know, she's done her part and doing what she can. And she got a pretty good uh, diagnosis, prognosis recently. But you can just see it on her. The suffering this poor woman's gone through. But she knows the Lord. And though she's trying and she's going through this and that, but but deep down inside this woman, she knows at some point she's going to go home and be with the Lord. That should be our focus in suffering. Did you all hear me? Is this too old-fashioned or what? That should be our focus. And that's what it was for these people. So, this church would be crushed through adversity and hardship. And they were, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it as we go along with the message. Smyrna's suffering would anoint them. It would release a sweet fragrance. It would ultimately result in everlasting, resurrected life with Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but I think I know the truth of the matter. My suffering in my life, it could be somebody walking out of my life. It could be people telling me, oh, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, and I never see them again. You know what I'm saying I've had that happen a lot in the ministry. Okay, but it's fine. It's okay because God's good. He never left me. Amen. Aren't you glad He put that in the Bible? I'm a friend that sits closer than a brother. I won't leave you, nor forsake you. Isn't that a nice verse to have? Because people will do that, won't they? Amen. But the point is, is He won't. But they would. They, were, they were, This was a suffering, suffering church. Back it up one slide, Roger. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. He anointed them with a sweet fragrance, and ultimately. It would be a, a sweet smell in their life. Here's what I wanted to say. How many would say in this room, being honest, you have suffered? Can I see some hands? I have suffered, Pastor Gary. I have suffered in my life. And you're not, you're not bragging. It's a fact. You know, Jimmy, I met you. And you were suffering. And you were hurting. He lost his wife. How many years, Jimmy, were you married? 25 years. And to lose the love of his life hurt killed you and your brother five weeks ago that's called suffering well jimmy i think you've understood we love you and we care for you okay but the bottom line is you'll see him again focus on the resurrection we're all going to die jimmy But Jesus, when we know Jesus is our Savior, absent from this body, I'm going to be present with the Lord. And I think that's what you're doing. I think that's what you're doing. Yeah, thank the Lord. Amen. I think that's what you're doing, Jimmy. Amen. Can I see those hands again? I won't pick you out like I did, Jimmy. I can talk to Jimmy because he and I talk. But how many would raise their hand again and say, Pastor, I have suffered in my life. I have suffered in my life. I've suffered in my life. Well, here's the next question. Here's the next question. How many would say... You didn't want the suffering. You didn't like the suffering. The suffering was awful. But honestly, it either drew me closer to the Lord. It made me a better person, more understanding. But it, it, it what, what, what was almost evil in my life, what happened was bad. But it turned out for good. It turned out. How many would say that of your suffering? That's a lot of y'all. Let's thank the Lord. Can we do that? Let's thank the Lord. That's a lot of y'all. Amen. So I've got a big problem, and you might know this about me. I got a letter recently, and the people really love me. They said that in the letter, but they said I'm angry. They said, lately, you've been angry, Gary. Last four or five weeks, you've been angry. Well, I ain't been angry. You're nodding at me. I don't give a hoot if you're nodding at me. No, I'm not angry. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing. No, no, I'm not angry, but certain things at churches do bother me. And we're in a series on the church. Yes or no? It bothers me. That churches will say, if you go through hard times or if you suffer, it's because you don't pray enough. It's because you ain't doing something right. It's because you ain't giving enough money. Well, I call that bull crap. Did you hear what I just said? I know that ain't a nice word, okay? And I'm not angry, but how else can I make my point? Suffering people are better people. Generally speaking, after their suffering. We don't want to suffer. We don't ask for suffering. But suffering happens on planet Earth. And you just can't make it go away with some prayer at the church house. Do you all hear me or not? It sounds like I'm not even a Christian sometimes. <laughs> I just don't want to be a false Christian. Do you hear me today or not? It's funny how churches can see. See, our church ain't mentioned in the Bible. We didn't get our church's name put in the Bible. But this little church at Smyrna, nobody even knew it. But Jesus put their name in the Bible. And I know in my own life, I I said it recently. I'm talking a little bit right now. Is that all right? And this is where I get in trouble. But I've talked to you all about Kim and me. We've had struggles, right, Kim? Kim, would you say in your life you've had suffering? Yes. Would you say it's been a lot? I mean, it's been hard, right? And so Kim and me both, some of that, you know, her life, my life, you put us together, married. You're going to have two people that's going to have some problems. Does that make any sense? Her background, my background. And so that's what has happened. And so Kim and I have been working on it. We've been going to counseling. What? The pastor? Most pastors could never get up and say that, Robert. Because, oh, the pastor, he's supposed to be the guy with it all together. I am all together because I got this book right here. But I ain't all together, okay? (laughs) Okay. But because I have this book, and I got him, the resurrection and the life, and she has that, we can work our stuff out. And that's sort of what's happening, all right? Yes? Now, am I telling the truth, Kim? Yes, okay, good. I'm like, uh-oh. No, no, no. She's she's quietly spoken back there. But But my point is, guys, is that, and through working, you know, through having suffering, through having hard times, just using us as just a small example would be, You can discover some things that were just sort of down here, not dealing with them. Things current, but things in the past as well. And then you can become better. You can become better. Does it hurt? Yes. Is it work? Yes. Is it fun? No. But is it better? Yes. And that's that beautiful verse. Say it with me. And we know all things work together for good to them who love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. And I know I, get, you, I didn't say that in the first service like all this stuff or whatever I just said. but I said some of it. But, but the point is, I'm just talking. Talking about suffering. I wasn't there. I know it was a suffering church. But I do live here. And so I can talk to you about suffering. And many of you have suffered. So, what we learn, the first thing, he comforts those that are suffering. And his biggest comfort is this remember, I knocked the snot out of death, hell, and the grave. And one day you're going to be with me and ain't going to be too long. Focus on the resurrection. You are going to live forever. You can make it through whatever you're going through. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. Good stuff. Just some scriptures. Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood can't enter the kingdom of God. Your flesh ain't going. Corruption can't inherit incorruption. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We know that the Lord will return one day. Some will be alive at His coming. Most will be dead down through history. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. I know these are big verses, but they're important. They shall be brought to pass the saying that's written, Death, because of the resurrection, in the, is swallowed up in victory. Our pain, our pain, our struggle, whatever we're going through, has been swallowed up in our victory in Christ. That's why I push so hard here. Don't believe in yourself. Don't put your faith in a church. Put your faith in the one who resurrected. That's how you get saved. Y'all hear me? About flung my arm off. Glad it's attached. Oh, death, because of the resurrection, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? Tell that to your suffering. You hear me or not? Suffering, where's your victory? He arose from the dead. I'm going to rise with Him one day. That's okay to talk like that at the house. Talk to you, mess like that. Good stuff. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, thanks be to God which gives us the what? Victory through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ, not a church. I love our church. I love you. But you are not my victory. He's my victory. Amen? Therefore, because of the resurrection, no matter what you're going through, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Yeah, but you don't understand. Be steadfast. Unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain with the Lord. Amen. Some powerful scriptures. We're almost done. So he he comforts that church. How did he comfort them with his what? Resurrection. Amen. Number 2, he commends this church. I know your works. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. Your poverty. You might wonder, Clerk, why don't you believe that God wants all of us rich? Because it's not Bible. Also, it's not sensible. Also, because of verses like this. I know your poverty, he says. But then he says this. You are what? Real riches aren't money. Real riches aren't money. Real riches aren't money. Real riches aren't money. I'm sure many of you today, you love ones, you love somebody so much, and they're no longer here on this earth, and you would have given every bit of money you could find, big bar of steel, to have them here with you today. Is that true, yes or no? Money's not real riches, but he said they were rich. They were rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they're Jews. You're surrounded with all these kind of people around you. And they are not. They're the synagogue of Satan. These people in that little church, that small church, whatever the size church it was, they're surrounded with all kinds of evil. Jesus recognized their poverty. And he contrasts that to their incredible what? Spiritual what? If people ask you, does that Pastor Gary Clark believe in that prosperity gospel? You tell them no. But tell him this, he does believe in prosperity. He believes in spiritual prosperity. It's God's will for you to prosper spiritually. You hear me or not? It's not God's will for everybody in this room to be rich. That's crazy. I need poor people in my life. (laughs) You You hear me? They're the ones that talk sense to me. Keep me grounded. Yes or no? Amen. Come on. You don't have much, but you're what? Say that out loud with me. You don't have much, but you're what? Say it again. You don't have much, but you're what? Say that to your suffering. Say that to your poverty. Talk like that. I might not have what everybody else has, but I am rich. It's what I want in my life. I sound like a cuckoo, don't I? And also, I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'll be honest with you, any money I have, I didn't pray it in. Wonder how I got it. Take a wild guess, I blank. Worked? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Not that I don't believe in prayer. But I think anything we have, we ought to thank the Lord for it. Amen? Come on. My problem ain't that I ain't got enough money. My problem is I don't live for the Lord as well as I should. That's my problem. Keep looking. What was this church going through? They were persecuted by the Romans, according to historical record. The Romans thought they were a cult. And they were. They were, a new, they were a new thing. They were Jesus followers. The Jews hated them. You know what's interesting? The Romans and the Jews pretty much crucified Jesus. I gives you an example of what this church was going through. They were going through unbelievable suffering. If you were a Christian, you were not allowed to work, you were not allowed to buy anything, and you weren't allowed to sell anything. What does that sound like? The end of, end of days, the mark of the beast. If you don't take it, you can't buy, sell, or get gain. Well, that won't be end of days. That was in their lifetime. Just some pictures is some of this prophetic for the church today. I think this church is is prophetic for the church today. They lived in real poverty. Why were they in poverty, Gary? What was the reason? Because of their what? Jesus Christ. And I'm sure there were other churches talking about them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, if you just prayed enough just did this. No, they were the real deal. They didn't go to church for fluff. Anyway, strong message today. What did Jesus say about this poverty and riches stuff? He said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt, where thieves don't break through and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye be single, your whole body be full of light. Love me. Honor me. Put me first in your life. You'll see straight. But if your eye be evil, you start bringing money into your religion, into your church. Start focusing like that. Listen, your whole body is going to be full of darkness. If therefore the light that's in thee be dark, how great is that darkness going to be? We don't want that here. Got it? Yes or no? No man can serve two masters. What's this talking about? For either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else you'll hold to the one, despise the other. Say it with me. You can't serve God in what? What's another word for mammon? Money. I know I might be all over the place, but forgive me. The bottom line I'm trying to make is this was a poor church, but they were rich. Because their eye was single. Their eye was on Jesus and the resurrection. And they had to have they had to live and eat, I understand that, but they were impoverished. But I tell you what, they were the they were just one of the best churches you'd ever meet in your life. This if you had a chance to go to church, this is the one you'd want to go to. <laughs> right here. Last thing Jesus says, I know twice in this verse. I know your works. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Jesus knows. Pop it up, Raj. Jesus knows. Say it out loud. Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus, can you say that again? Jesus what? Jesus. And Jesus, say that to your suffering. Instead of being so down and this has happened to me. And I get it. There's that time of grieving. But sometimes the conversation's got to get changed. He's resurrected. Because of him I live and I, I can make it through anything. If I don't, I'll go be with him. How about that? But also say this. Jesus knows my problems. Jesus knows my struggles. And Jesus cares. This is what we learn from this church. Their troubles had not escaped the attention of Jesus, nor have yours and mine. And then finally, what's the last thing he said? Quick. He commands his church. He commands what? To fear not! You don't fear! And you're going to see the ending here. Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast you into prison. And you're going to be tried. And you're going to have tribulation ten days or for a short period of time. But you be faithful because they're going to kill you. This is a letter from the Lord to this church. That's one letter you wouldn't want to open. But he then says this, sit with me, but I'm going to give you a what? Crown of life. We close now. Be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. How many ever heard of that man, Polycarp? Anybody in the room? You've heard of him because you're smart. Who else heard of him? Chris, you heard of him because you're in the first service. That don't count. Anybody else heard of Polycarp? You've heard of Polycarp because you wrote the message with me. Crazy? He's a guy that, yeah, you can find him. It's not that hard. You can find Polycarp. Who was Polycarp? Well, he was a follower of, when I say follower, he's a follower of Christ, but he was a disciple of John, the beloved apostle. Yeah. He was one of his followers, maybe a convert who had heard about Christ. Here's the important thing too. He was the pastor at the church at Smyrna. Yeah, Polycarp. He was a contemporary of Homer and other smart people, but this man chose to give his life to Christ. And he suffered for Christ. They told him If you don't recant your faith, Polycarp, and worship Caesar, we will set you on fire. The Romans would light their cities and their games with Christians on fire. In this area, they had a church where they could find plenty of them at Smyrna. Burn them to death. Polycarp said this when he heard that he must worship Caesar or die. You can look this up yourself. Go online. I want you to. Eighty-six years I have served Christ. Nor has He ever done me any harm. How then could I blaspheme my King who saved me? Now, that will get you killed. He said, I bless you. You you, you, executioners, I bless you for deigning me worthy on this day and this hour that I may be among the martyrs and drink the cup of my Lord Jesus Christ. Smart. Yeah, thank the Lord. He's listening. Polycarp's watching. He's in heaven. Got his arm around my mama maybe. Hey, uh, If you read about Polycarp, they also say that not only was he burned to death, but he was also singing. And I know that's a horrible thing, horrible thought, but let's end the message. But guys, suffering. If you're suffering, does that mean you're not right with God? Yes or no? No. If you're poor, does that mean you're not right with God? No. Are people with a lot of money better than poor people? No. See that? What's the best thing to do when you're suffering? Focus on the what? The resurrection. Does Jesus know you're suffering? Does He care about your suffering? Yes, He does. Amen? Are hard days coming for the church? I believe so. I believe so. I think some hard times are coming in our country. But uh, I think this was a good word today. By the way, the victor's crown goes to the victor alone. Nowadays, we live in a world where everybody wins. That's the way church is. That's the way church is. You come to church, give us your money, you win. You don't win that way. You win by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. The victor's crown will only go to those who put their faith in Christ. Did you hear me or not? We had a ball game at Lemon Bay Friday night. Went back and forth. Us against South Fort Myers. We won in the end. Guess who was happy? We were. Guess who was mourning? They were. If you don't put your faith in Christ, you will be mourning. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Is that what the Bible says? So put your faith in Christ, not a church. Amen. And uh, let's learn some about suffering today. I think we have. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're done. Amen. We're good. That was long. Woo!